what I have seen both in my own life, and I've seen this with so many people that I've been privileged to, to be close to them while they're in the immediate stages of grieving, is that your loved ones are especially close when they cross over. They are doing everything in their power to make sure you know that they are there. And it's really easy to miss those signs. So just know that it's fairly typical or normal to miss the signs. And it's also extremely normal for your for your loved one to be going above and beyond to help you see them and hear them and know them. Welcome to the Space for Magic podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to receiving all the gifts the universe has for us. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive coach. Using a blend of common sense, brain science, and just a dash of magic, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lennon, and today I want to talk about grief. We just celebrated, I don't know if that's the right word, but we just passed the 10-year anniversary of my mom's crossing. And my mom's death was probably biggest experience of grief that I have had in this lifetime, and certainly you know, losing my father was incredibly transformative and altering and intense. But there's just a different quality. I think I don't know whether it was that my mom was the first parent that went or it was my mom. You know, the experience I had losing her really has defined the journey I've taken since then. And certainly because my father passed after her, I had had a little bit of practice in the grief journey because of losing her. And I had a little bit of understanding of what those waves of energy look like and what that life experience looked like. And so the way I navigated my father's death was different than when I when my mom crossed. So what I wanted to share with you, you know, today, partially in honor of her or in memory of her, and, and then just because I think grief is such an ever-present topic. And I was just on the phone with a friend earlier today, and she's lost someone incredibly close to her just recently and found herself in some places. And because I was able to help her navigate those places differently than I would have 10 years ago before my mom died, I wanted to share some of that here. We are all going to cross grief journeys throughout our entire life. And, you know, even with my master's of, in psychology, where I had, and I actually, when I did my master's in psychology, I focused, one of my focuses was on the grief journey. So I did do a lot of extra study in that area. And we, even with all of that, even with all that's known, it's almost like there's this practical experience that isn't really discussed when you come to the mental health issues of grief. And that is, you know, how do you get through the day to day when your heart is breaking, right? From grief. And, um, you know, we've talked about 
signs and communicating with spirit. And that for sure is something that was a huge part of keeping me afloat. And I do want to remind you, if you're going through grief in any form, to know that you really can ask for that communication and to be shown that your loved one is near. And now I'm assuming in this context that it's a loved one that you're grieving. Of course, it could be, there's lots of experiences that bring about grief, but specifically if it's a loved one that's crossed, just know what I have seen both in my own life and I've seen this with so many people that I've been privileged to to be close to them while they're in the immediate stages of grieving is that your loved ones are especially close when they cross over. They are doing everything in their power to make sure you know that they are there. And it's really easy to miss those signs. So just know that it's fairly typical or normal to miss the signs. And it's also extremely normal for your for your loved one to be going above and beyond to help you see them and hear them and know them. And if you're not familiar with signs, I do have a little PDF that you can print out that gives you 10 categories of signs that a lot of us get. That can be, it's a little cheat sheet that will probably help you recognize some of those signs. And you can go, we'll put the link here if it's pattylennon.com forward slash signs. And uh, why I think that cheat sheet is so helpful is even for me, I will see signs and forget that that's what that is, that that's that person that I love so much, so close to me, telling me that they're here for me, that they love me, that they've got my back. And, you know, that is incredibly helpful when you're grieving. But that's not the only thing you can do to support yourself while you're grieving or to navigate that journey while you're grieving. I think one of the, one of the uh, most helpful things you can do for yourself is to allow yourself to let whatever is going on be your normal, to not judge yourself for how you're feeling or how you're navigating the world or how much you're able to do or not do. You know, one of the most helpful things for me was I had a friend that told me, um, and this was right after my mom had died, you know, maybe a couple of months, and I was very frustrated with my ability to get anything done. And she said, you know, that she had had an aunt that didn't get out of bed for an entire year after her own mother died. And that was so incredibly helpful. I don't think I could have pulled that off because I had two small children. But just knowing that that's where the bar was set made what I was doing look like success to my mind. And I needed to feel that because it was inc- I was putting out an incredible amount of effort to get out of bed each day. And it seemed like such a low bar to get out of bed. But it doesn't matter where the bar is, if you're putting forward a a tremendous amount of effort to put one foot in front of the other, it's important that you acknowledge that and you recognize that in yourself. And um, I'll just also mention, I, I didn't have this experience when my father crossed. And I think every experience is different. But if you're having it, just understand you're not alone. The more I've shared this with people, the more that I've heard from people they've had similar experiences is, um, you know, when my mom 
was gone in those months after her death, there were so many times, and there was months and months, I think it was almost a full year that I had variations of this experience, but definitely for the first six or seven months of just not wanting to be here anymore. And that didn't mean that I was going to, you know, take my own life. It didn't mean that I needed to be institutionalized. It didn't mean that I was going to act on that feeling. In fact, that was never even a thought in my head was to act on it. But if there had been a magic wand available to me during that year, what I would have wanted most was to just disappear from the world, to just no longer be here. And there was caveats to it. I had some small children. So it was to not be here and them not be harmed by me not being here, you know, for everyone to be okay with me not being here. And then that would swing over to the, you know, I just wanted to get to the end of my life. They didn't necessarily need it to be tomorrow, but I just felt like I was going to hang in there until I could finally cross and be with my mother. And that's a normal experience. Now, or I shouldn't say it's normal, but it's not, I'm not the only one that's had it. And many people I've talked to have had it. And that being said, there's a difference between having that thought and then actually having thoughts that you will act on it or considerations. If you're showing any of those signs, please, please, please seek help. In fact, seek help, period. Be getting mental health support when you go through grief. It is an extreme journey. And I don't think there's any amount of help that's too much. There's, you know, get whatever kind of help you need. And now, you know, to speak to the practical, when I was talking to my friend earlier, she was saying that, you know, last week was a rough week for her and that she just didn't feel very motivated. And she also kind of felt like she wasn't clear on what to do next. Like me, she has her own business and that's going to happen. You're going to have those feelings. And I would say this applies to you, whether you're grieving a person, you're grieving the kind of tragedies we seem to be experiencing, at least in the United States, on a weekly basis. You're going to have these times where, you know, what's the point of anything is the feeling you're having. And yet you'll have anxiety if you're not getting something done. And so the best thing to do during those times is to work on things that require very little mental acuity. They require very little mental processing in terms of, you know, they don't require a lot of big thinking or creative thinking. So things like cleaning up your email box. Uh, My friend told me she ended up cleaning out, uh, I think it was her laundry room, right? Cleaning out closets, There's projects that are in the back of your mind or tasks that are in the back of your mind that you eventually do because you have to do them, but there's never going to be a time where they feel fun or easy or like the best time to do them, right? They're going to be a slog no matter what. For me, like taking my car in to get the oil changed, I don't know why, but it takes so little of my time. The the mechanic is wonderful. He'll drive me back home. And yet it feels like this big giant weight. 
Those are the kinds of things to get done. They make progress in areas that require progress, and yet they don't really require a lot of mental energy. They don't require a lot of participation of enthusiasm from you. That is a great way to use that time. And of course, there's nothing wrong if you can make it so that you can just stay in bed and really feel sad. That's a beautiful use of your time as well. But if you find yourself feeling anxious or just feeling like I can't just stay in bed for a year, like my friend's aunt, then these are the types of tasks that will use your time well because you don't have a lot of that mental power to be putting towards things that require problem solving or creative endeavors. Another piece of wisdom I've gleaned over these 10 years is understanding that there are ebbs and flows to everything. You know, when you're first looking down the long tunnel of grief, especially when it's new. And when I say new, I'm talking about the first couple of years. I'm not talking about the first couple of weeks. It can feel like there's no bottom to the anger, to the upset, to the depression, to the sadness. And the thing is this idea that that we have to get to the finish line of it before we're going to be okay really will keep you from moving forward. It really does interrupt the natural process of grieving and the process that your brain and your body will do if you don't mess with it. But if you're like me and you're that control freak, perfectionist, I mean, a lot of this stuff I've healed in myself, but certainly 10 years ago, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't anywhere near where I am today. If you have these feelings like you want to solve the problem of your grief, it will get in the way of grieving because what you're trying to do is like, okay, what do I need to do to be done with this? Or worse, you might feel anxiety because it's so big that you can't imagine that you could do something to get through it. But here's the good news. You're going to wake up one day and you're going to feel great. And then you're going to have other days that that's not going to happen. But Those days are going to happen without any control on your part. I remember a day that happened after my mom died. We were, we had gone to a waterside restaurant. It was a place that we liked to go to. And um, we went as a family um, with some extended family with cousins. And, um, you know, we were all there together. And as I was leaving the parking lot of that, after having had that meal together and we had, you know, had some fun, I realized that I was smiling. And this was, I want to say August. So my mom had died in June. So this was August or September. So two or three months later, and I was smiling. And it was the first time that I had smiled naturally, meaning I had put smiles on my face for other people, but this was, I was feeling authentic happiness. And I truly didn't believe that I was ever going to feel happiness again before that moment. I couldn't envision it. I couldn't imagine it. And there it was. And it came and it showed up without any effort on my part. I mean, up until that point, everything I did I did for other people and primarily my kids. So me going to that, you know, meal wasn't because I wanted to anymore. I used to love going to that place, but I didn't want to anymore. I just got through the days and I wanted, I made my life be about my kids. And um, that got me out of bed and that got me to take steps forward. But in that moment, 
of smiling as we were pulling out of the parking lot. I can still see it so clearly. I realized that happiness was going to come back and it was going to come back when I least expected it. And that gave me a lot of hope. And if you are still in that place where you haven't felt happiness since you've lost your loved one, you know, true expansive happiness, true like expansive fun joy, I promise you it will come back. It will. And there's nothing you can do to make it happen, but it will arrive on its own. And finally, I feel my parents making an appearance in this podcast. Sometimes they pop in and they give me information for you. And they're standing behind me. And what they're showing me is them placing their hands on my back and reminding me to remind you that, you know, that is one of the advantages of our loved ones once they cross over is their ability to support us in ways that they couldn't when they were in human form and that they will be at your back, right? They will be there to kind of hold you up and it may not look the way you're expecting it to, but if you can start to really lean into that they will and that they are doing that for you, you'll start to experience that physical presence with them near. It may not feel like the way they felt when they were in human forms, but you will start to feel it and it will be able to carry you along. But part of that requires surrendering to your own pain, to your own grief, to the suffering you're feeling. Because in order for others to support us, we have to acknowledge that we need support. That can be hard at times. And um, if you're not yet experiencing that, I do want to remind you, just ask them for signs. Look for signs. Well, don't look for them. Don't search for them. I shouldn't say that. Ask for signs and then be open to those signs coming. And again, if you need help with that, go to pattylennon.com forward slash signs, download that cheat sheet. And in fact, we have just updated when you download that PDF of those 10 ways that signs show up, there are different kinds of signs and what they mean. We just updated that with um, Once you download it, you'll get a couple of emails with some videos from me that give you some additional support and help in communicating with your spirit guides, with your angels, with your loved ones. So you'll get the, the PDF download. And then over the course of, I think, five or six days, you're going to get some videos from me sharing some additional information on how to work with your team and also why our brain sometimes blocks those signs. So if you were thinking like, why wouldn't I see the signs? You'll get that in that as a follow-up to that download as well. What I want you to know right now is that whatever you're experiencing around grief, just know that I am just saying a very heartfelt, I love you. I truly love you. And I say that as a human to a human, the experience you're in right now is life altering. It is life altering. And as much as it's painful, what I can tell you standing here 10 years later is there are so many gifts inside of it as well. I would treat every single gift to have my mother back. I would. But knowing that our loved ones do have to cross, then I'm glad she went on her terms in terms of 
she decided with God when it was time for her to leave, right? And I'm so grateful that I've had her love and support and my father's. And I know that that support is there for you as well. Even if the person that crossed wasn't that supportive in this lifetime, that's been one of the most fascinating things is when they come through in sessions, they're just totally different. (laughs) They are so ready to be something they couldn't be when they were in the human form. And I know that that's happening for you now, whether you feel it or not. So please, if you have any questions, feel free to email me, patty at pattylennon.com. I'm happy to add podcasts here or do Facebook lives or any content that's going to support you. And just know I am sending you my love. Make some space for magic inside grief. And I promise you, it won't necessarily feel easy, but you will start to see some magic that you didn't even know was there. Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget, always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.